Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and people in attendance at home, from parts unknown, here are your hosts, Jason Turtleneck Hilton and legendary luchador, Gringo Fantastico. It is now time for Headlines, Headlocks, and Hijinks. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 31 of Headlines, Headlocks, and Hijinks. I am Jason Hilton with... Your most amazing luchador, part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor, Gringo Fantastico. That right there was more, like, intuitive and more fun than all three of the new Star Wars movies. What I just said. <laughs> Eric you Butts is not going to be happy with me for saying that. <laughs> You know what's really interesting? The new Star Wars movies sets up some really cool stories I'd like to see. Like, how did the bartender get Luke Skywalker's lightsaber? Right? Yeah, like, why don't we? Why didn't we find that out? Like, they just took shit on it. You know what? Throwing this out as an idea for your YouTube. Luke Skywalker drunkenly forgets his lightsaber at a bar. Ugh. <laughs> uh. I love the interview with Mark Hamill where he's like, "That's not. this isn't what Luke would do. Like, this isn't my Luke Skywalker. I'm like, well, no, bro, you took the money. <laughs> right, right. Well, I that, is, that is, I don't, I don't that is your face, sir. I'd take the money. Like, if they're like, we're going to give you a couple million dollars just to drink some really gross blue milk out of some alien's, like, teat and, like, get mad and throw a lightsaber over a cliff and we're gonna pay you like eight million dollars to do that i'd be like okay fuck the fans eight million dollars right you know but no i wouldn't do that i probably you know what i have more scruples than that i don't think that i would do that i think i'd be like i would like to think that i would be someone that's like okay gringo we're gonna have you do this luchador movie but you're gonna unmask I, I would think that I would be, I'd have enough pride in what I'm doing to be like, fuck you. Like, there's, you're, you're not paying me enough to do that. And they're like, how about we double your pay? And they're like, okay. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I've i met me and my morals are definitely for sale. I'm like, fund my show for the next 20 years, you know, <laughs> and then I'll do it. <laughs> oh, the old Alan Grant trick. <laughs> yeah, I, really. I love it. I love the start of that movie is no, we don't want to go see real dinosaurs. We just dug up a skeleton. I'll fund your dig. When do we leave? Yeah, right. <laughs> Everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. Right. <laughs> Apparently, even the government. Yeah, and the government. And even but but Virgil didn't eventually. Right. No, no price was 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 okay with Virgil. There was one where he was like, I've had enough. And that's after he was he'd been berated, and then got the shit knocked out of him by the Rhodeses. <laughs> and he's like, "I just got beat up by Death of Rhodes and and Dustin Rhodes, and I'm not gonna take your shit right now." And that's what happened. And then Roddy Piper's like, <laughs> "I think he did that for like a whole year on all the pay per views. He would be like." I just realized, did we ever get Dusty Rhodes and the Road Warriors? Like, that writes itself. That sounds like that happened at a, at a uh, War Games. 
I feel like I've seen it, and I can't. I know I got to see the Ultimate Warrior in the Road Warriors. That was fun. <laughs> well, I think it was. It was clear. It was NWA. I mean, it had to have been. But I'm pretty sure. Yep, Dusty Roads and the Road Warriors versus the Four Horsemen. Yeah, I knew that was a War Games match, right? Yep. My God, Hawk was massive. Yeah, dude. Like the thumbnail is just Hawk and his traps that go up to his ears. Yeah, those guys were vicious looking, man. Like, so were the powers of pain, though, too, man. Those guys were yes. fucking huge. Dude, fucking the Warlord's still big. He's still did, huge. Did you hear the story, Warlord? He just told it on... I Oh, I can't remember. It's the same guy who hosts uh, the Dutch Mantel podcast. Yeah. But Warlord's telling a story about, shockingly, taking steroids. It was and, on Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, some guy... I don't remember who tries to inject Warlord and the needle won't go in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he just looks up like, I think you're full, man. <laughs> and if you've seen Warlord, it's very possible he was full. It very Yes, very much. That guy was just massive. Like I said, he's still massive. Yes. I mean, he's been, been able to keep it up without the steroids, maybe. I don't know. But uh, that's the that, weird thing of like you look at, say, the Creed brothers who are big, muscular people. Then you look at, say, Road Warrior Hawk, Warlord and go, oh, that's what it does. Like you're, yeah. you're what a person looks like in peak physical possibility. And you're a genetic experiment <laughs> like Scotty Steiner. Right. <laughs> he always he called himself the genetic freak. And he was, because we got to see him full Michigan letter jacket, like, oh man, that's a big dude. Then all of a sudden, like, Jesus Christ. You know how he had that weird, his bicep had that weird knot on it? Yes. I always made the joke that he, because he always tried to kiss it, right? Right. So I always made the joke that that was where his steroids were kept, and he would flex, <laughs> and he put them up to his <laughs> mouth, and that's how he injected his steroids. <laughs> I don't know, that was a bad joke, but that was what I had. Um, it, it worked. So, let's talk about the week in wrestling. Pretty much let's anything people were talking about, is, they're still talking about CM Punk. Right. Everyone's still talking about CM Punk. And apparently now, um, Warner Brothers Discovery is really interested in WWE because of CM Punk. Oh, I bet. And, they, I mean, they WWE's killing it right now. They are. And the, it's only going to get better because they, you know, they're going to get more acquisitions. And, you know, I, I was thinking about it. Has any single. It pretty much started with the hangman page workers rights promo, which I'm sure you remember made no sense to us as fans because he's talking about everything going on backstage. But has any single promo ever cost a company so much? <laughs> like that was really the catalyst for all of this shit hitting the fan. Yeah, if I was if I was Tony, I'd be like, yeah, and don't get me wrong, man. I you know, and and I like as a worker, I like Adam Page. Mm -hmm. I think he's great in the ring, and and uh, and his character is pretty cool too. I dig it, but it I don't. I I I think I like AEW more when I don't know what the hell's going on backstage. Right. I think that if if they would really try to just keep that in the dark, 
I think you'd have a hell of a lot more fans going over there. But right now, people are just, they think it's a shit show backstage. No one wants to watch it. I mean, oh, they've got their diehard fans and they'll watch it because they'll always watch it. But oh, when I was hearing, uh, who was it? Sammy Guevara was getting into fights with Andrade El Idolo. Like, well, that's the match I want to see now. Yeah. But that's what WWE did. They made them fucking settle their beef in the ring. Right. It was like, you know, Brett and Sean, they fucking hated each other. And, and he made Ben's made them work, you know, and, and, uh, and Matt Hardy and Edge. And like anytime there was beef between anybody, they did that. Nia Jax and Becky Lynch now. Nia Jax and the locker room. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of that, though, that was a brutal Becky Lynch is promo she cut on Naya oh my yes. god that was brutal it was vicious and I was I, I just I just clapped I was like <laughs> well played what else can you do the woman said like Naya's own knees gave out because they don't support her <laughs> like <laughs> and as a teller of shitty jokes respect yeah that, that and the thing is is like Nia had nowhere to go with that. No, no. I'm, I'm surprised she didn't start laughing. Like I think she was chuckling, like uh, like a a villain would chuckle at a comment. But I really think she was laughing. I think she right. thought that was funny. <laughs> but if she didn't think it was funny, there's going to be some beef when that match happens. Oh, what are the odds we get the Charlotte Flair and Nia Jax shoot again? Oh, that, yeah. See, but that the thing is, is, WWE keeps that shit in check most of the time. You know, they don't, it's a, it's, a, it's a professional thing, and they don't, and even if there is beef, we don't ever hear about it. No, like, that's one thing about WWE is their shit stays in the closet. Like, no yeah. one gets to hear about it. Which is good. There needs to be that, that veil exactly over what's going on and like with AEW, like it's so loose lipped over there and there's no rules and the tony's just letting the guys kind of do whatever they want to do which in some cases it works out for them in other cases it doesn't but like you i'm know, getting fucking tired i see here's the i used to love eddie kingston okay mm-hmm. i thought eddie kingston was fun as shit and now anytime i see an interview with him he was always just talking shit about wwe he's talking shit about someone else it's like dude just shut the fuck up go to work go home and shut the fuck up like seriously also i'm tired of whiny wrestlers yeah like so many wrestlers are whiny now yeah and it's name and not me even whiny, real life name, yeah name me a whiny wrestler in wwe exactly like the best you got is drew mcintyre's character but he's a, right <laughs> yeah yeah he is he's like thanos like he's fucking right exactly and and that's the thing. I still I still am digging at him being a heel because you still don't want to see him beating the shit out of Sami Zayn and all that stuff. But you um, you have to agree with what he's saying because it's right. like you. It's getting to the point now where that that whole like agreeing with him is starting to to wane because now he's just getting to the point where he's beating a dead horse. Because I mean, he already has beaten Jay twice. Did you see the beginning of Raw with, um, first off, did you see Jey Uso in the ring in the beginning of Raw? That was one of the worst promos I've ever seen in my life. That was terrible. Like, well, yeah, I don't know what happened, but. And, and he was blown up, dude. 
Yes. He was blown up like the ultimate warrior when he ran down into the ring and started shaking the ropes and couldn't fucking work because he was gassed. Oh, I love when he comes out. I got my yeet back and no one understood there was a problem. I don't even know what that even means. I thought that was a Kanye thing. No, those are Yeezys. Oh, okay. I don't know. You got the last consonant wrong. (laughs) Oh, I always thought that Kanye said yeet all the time. So I always took it as a yeet was when you throw something or hit something. I thought it was at least that's what my friends that's what my friends always used it as. Yeah. I thought someone was making some kind of yam beet hybrid that they were growing. <laughs> like, I'm going to have some yeets for, or it's like the southern draw when you have to ask somebody if they want to have dinner with you. Yeet. <laughs> I, I will say, yeet sounds best out of a southern mouth. It just does. Yeah, because like him going yeet, you know, like it's weird. I have some guy go yeet. <laughs> Like, there are certain accents that just pull off words better than anybody else. Like, I had the pleasure recently of being on the phone with someone from Wisconsin. So I got to hear that, don't you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Over here, we got lots of cheese and we got hockey. And I feel so bad, but I kept this person on the phone way longer than I had to just because I was enjoying the accent. <laughs> it's like watching the... It was like watching a two-hour... How long were you on the phone with them? Oh, like... 25 minutes but we only needed to be on for about three okay so do you remember that that cartoon bobby's world yes remember the mother yes oh bobby <laughs> oh bobby generic <laughs> that's funny wisconsin people sound awesome they do this is not an insult at all if anything i'm jealous there's um i have my neighbors across the street they are from the chicago area but they don't say Chicago like we say here. They're like, Chicago. We're up in <laughs> Chicago. And the I'm like, Wait, Yeah, I like that. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> why do you talk so funny? And I'm like, do I sound funny? Like, like, I don't think I sound funny at all. Like, you know. Like, if anything, I sound like this almost, you know. But, like, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I don't get the yeet thing and... So I heard there's a like someone trying to sue them. So apparently there was well not apparently this happened. Yeah. There's a wrestler who had already trademarked it for use in wrestling. Oh. In 2021, uh, there was some squirreliness that I read that it lapsed in 2022, but I don't really know what that means. So is I guess a, he still owned it. Is it a trademark or is it a, like a copyright on stuff or what is it? I don't know the difference. I use them both. Much like what... Amber Heard, I use them synonymously with each other. Fair. I don't think you can copyright a word unless it's like on like merchandise. You can like copyright the merchandise or something or the that has something in it, but you can't like like I can't call like a a script that I write. I can't call it like well, it's like Amityville, right? Mm-hmm. You can't copyright Amityville because it's a fucking town. Like you can't or you can't you can't copyright like grape, like the word <laughs> grape. Like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm I got this. I'm gonna copyright grape. Now you can use it's got to be a trademark because you can you can you, you can use words in a specific way and it and it's a trademark. That so makes sense because Gene Simmons of Kiss trademarked OJ, 
So the idea was he was the only one who could use OJ. Um, I don't think he ever brought that up to OJ Simpson for safety reasons, but <laughs> <laughs> he was acquitted. If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. Really, you remember? <laughs> yeah, and then he went to prison for stealing his own stuff. How do you even do that? Like someone, someone stole his stuff and was trying to sell it. So OJ says, "I'm going to get my stuff back." Perfectly reasonable stance to take, and most yeah. people would say, I should call the police and have them handle this. Nope, not OJ. OJ's like, this is all my shit. <laughs> in- including that AR-15? Yep. yep. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see Problem Child 2? Have you ever seen that movie? Yes. Where he's like, Junior takes all of his grandpa's stuff and sells it to yep. the neighbor kids. And, and even the dog, he's like selling the dog for a nickel in a cage. <laughs> Nippy, they're selling you for a for a nickel. Ah, <laughs> uh, got it. But yeah, so anyway, that was a big tangent off of Yeet. I still don't get it. But so like I I don't Jay Uso could be so much better than to stick him behind some stupid Yeet gimmick that they're making him do. Like that's so dumb. Like he can he can pull crowds on his own. He doesn't he doesn't need that gimmicky bullshit. You hey, know? in wrestling nowadays, you need a song everyone can sing, and you need a catchphrase or catch word. <laughs> like what do they call it? Like main event? What's his name? Jay main event. Yep. Main event Jay Uso. Yeah, like that's good enough. Problem is, he's not in main events. No, like, in fact, in he was the opening match. In some, in some, like. He's in some main events. So I guess they were like, oh, that's not good because we're not going to have him in main events. Or like maybe they were like, oh, we're going to have him in some main events. And all of a sudden, and then Jay's like, oh. I'll just, I'll just go back over here now. So what did you think about on Raw about when CM Punk uh, and Seth Rollins had that promo? What do you think about that? I liked it. I did. I enjoyed. And here's the thing. So many people on Twitter were doing the whole, oh, they're just ripping off Hangman's workers' rights promo. The difference is this made sense. <laughs> like, and much like, um, who is it? Drew McIntyre. Everything Seth Rollins said was true. Like, the, no, yeah. Like, no, you left here. You left here 10 years ago. You actively buried this place. I've been here the whole time while it sucked. <laughs> and that's that's the thing. This is Seth Rollins' best promo in four years. Oh, no question. He, it wasn't silly and stupid. It wasn't him yelling, I'm the visionary. I'm the savior. It was, this is my house. This is where I make my money and I'm going to protect it. And it, and he was serious, like for once. Like, I understand you sometimes you need to have a little bit of grandiose, like, you know, theatric theatrics and stuff. I get it. I get that. But like, this was good because it wasn't that. And I think it's because everyone's fucking tired of it. Yes. Not all, not everyone, because the fans still like to sing that song and shit when he comes out. Which, whatever, that's fine. That's interaction with your fans. That's what you want. But I, on the other hand, I'm like, I'm so sick of this. Sh-. Like, Seth was great. When he was the Monday Night Messiah, 
loved it. I thought that was fucking great. Like he fucking, I thought the whole stupid thing with Rey Mysterio getting his eye poked out and shit. Like, how do you even like keep that up? Like, you know. Well, you know, Shibata had his brain removed and then put back in. I guess it's just child's play to put an eye back in. Was that was that an AEW uh, gim- uh, gimmick storyline? No. So in Japan, Shibata very much got a brain bleed or some sort of brain damage. And Dave Meltzer and The Observer wrote that they took his brain out. <laughs> what? And of course, no, they didn't. And the worst part is like, Dave, you're a writer, a really good writer. And I think you know that didn't come off how you intended. Yeah, that's that's some weird Dungeons and Dragons Baldur's Gate 3 shit right, right there. <laughs> I just played the beginning of Baldur's Gate 3 and I, so that's exactly what fucking happened. <laughs> um, Oh, I love the idea of all of medicine reading this going, I'm sorry, what the fuck did they do? They're like, wow, we really need to send some doctors to Japan to get like some extra teaching. Right. Like I've been donating money to Johns Hopkins, but apparently Tokyo's got it going on. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think this was great. The promo was great. And, and honestly, like Seth's promo was better than Punk's promo. Yeah. I, I Although mean, at least Punk finally has a mission statement. Which was good. Finally, we know what's happening. And he's staying on Raw, which is the best idea because they were trying they're trying to sell Monday Night Raw right now to whoever's gonna put it on there and putting CM Punk on there is gonna automatically do that. Especially so, if Warner Brothers really does want to be in the CM Punk business, like all right, here he is. Yeah. Best part is we have three hours instead of two. Right. Um although think- there are plenty of backstage segments where I just wrote in parentheses, this show could be two hours. <laughs> It could, yeah, I mean the one the one I watch on Hulu is an hour and a half because they cut like an hour and a half like a, they cut all the commercials out, which is about 40, 50 minutes, you know. And then did they, they cut show, out all the other shit. Did they show the Rhea Ripley versus Maxine Dupree match? Yeah, they did. Oh my god, I'm just gonna say this: I do not blame Maxine for this. She is clearly not ready, and whoever put their in here should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, there were some botches going on. Like, and, and, okay, Rhea has picked up Luke Gallows, who is 300 pounds. I'm pretty sure she can lift Maxine Dupree. The yeah. problem is, when you're pulling someone up for a powerbomb, if they don't do the sit-up at the very end, you're not getting them up. No. Maybe she had too much baby oil on or something. <laughs> and she just kind of slid and, like, Rhea couldn't hold on to her. I mean, I'm serious. Like, that shit happens. Like, I'm wondering if at the end where Rhea kicks her in the head and starts yelling, do you think this is a game? I'm wondering if that was a shoot. Like, that was just Rhea legitimately pissed off at the situation. I don't know. But Rhea seems like she's a professional. She's professional. Though. I don't think she would. I don't think she'd shoot on it. They may have had words in the back, but she wouldn't have, she wouldn't have went into business for herself. And uh, I did love Ivy Nile stepping up to Rhea afterwards. And she's like fucking like two feet shorter than her. And and Rhea's just like towering over her. Well, also, you haven't done anything yet. They're not Rhea's not gonna lose that title until Jade Cargill shows up. That's the only person that's the, that they'll put put over her right now. 
Yeah, I mean, I. Yeah, other than because Becky is busy with Nia, mm-hmm. Charlotte's out with an injury. Damage control is doing their thing. Yeah, who even does Rhea lose to at this point? I think no one I, th- I can think of. I think Jade Cargill is going to win the Royal Rumble. I think that's what's going to happen. I don't like that. I don't think that's right. I don't think they should just bring her in and she automatically wins the Rumble. I hate it when they do that shit. They do that. They they've done that shit more times than they haven't in the history of the Royal Rumble. They always have someone come in with this big like return and then they win. They Triple H about three thousand times. Fucking, they did it with Cody Rhodes last year, his big return, and he wins. Like we all, we know like that, and they make it a big announcement. And even when they don't, they still just do it. I hate that shit. It's like when I watch the Rumble, like I want to see it as like somebody who has never, who's off completely off the radar, fucking like wins for once. When Rey Mysterio won that year, I was ecstatic because I never in a million years. And my dad and I were watching that, and and we we're sitting there watching it. And my dad's like, "I'm sitting there like, oh shit, Rey Mysterio." And my dad's like, "They're not gonna let Rey Mysterio fucking win this. Like, they're never gonna let him do that." My dad always said that too about the Undertaker. They're never gonna let him win the championship, and they <laughs> never hardly ever did until no. he was big evil. But like, yeah, it's the same. So I, I want something. So having Jade Cargill come in at the Rumble just win. That just. Uh, I don't like that. Like that's, just, I don't think that's earning her spot. I think she needs to be. I honestly, I still think she needs to spend time in NXT before she goes and does main roster shit. I would absolutely love to see that. And to go to your point, you know, Undertaker is only a four-time champion. Yeah, he hasn't. He is. But the thing about the Undertaker is, he never needed the title. Like he also, they always put the title on because he was reliable and when they were in a tight spot and needed him to do it. Also, you'd be amazed. Very few five star matches. <laughs> yeah. I just love that fact. Yeah, well, that's because Meltzer, he, he's not Japanese for one, <laughs> or nor has he worked in New Japan. So he's automatically not going to get five stars. That's how Meltzer works. He's such a fucking Japanese wrestling mark. It's, it's sad and pathetic. I, and I it's like it. you're not even hiding it, dude. I was like, dude, why don't you just go over there and like be like a mail order husband for one of those dudes? Because <laughs> it's that's exactly what you want to do. Like, go ahead and do it. Like, no judgment here, man. You be the best mail order husband you can be. Like, you know, but but it's like it was one of Rob Schneider's best movies. <laughs> was that hot chick? Is that what that was? No, um, Deuce Bigelow mailed. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and European Gigolo. Yes. I don't know, man. I, 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 I tend to avoid Rob Schneider movies. Oh, if you have the chance, I highly recommend avoid them. <laughs> like the animal and like hot chick and all the, like, uh, I saw the, I'd see that, and I'm like, oh, this is the, it's like that, that movie with the the Wayans brothers where they were white facing. Yeah, white chicks. Yeah, and I'm like. I already know this movie is going to be dumb. I'm not watching this, you know? Oh, I just turned on Hot Chick and 10 minutes in, just sitting there going, what am I doing? <laughs> Did you kick your own ass for turning on Hot Chick? I should have. <laughs> <laughs> I I almost ended a friendship over Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, yeah. I don't like that movie either. No, I flat out said, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. 
and I don't know if we can still be friends. <laughs> Dude, that movie's so bad. I I don't understand why it was so popular, and even still, like there's still people that fucking live and live and die by that movie, and I'm just like. It's the same with uh, what's that other what's that dumb Michael Sarah movie that everybody likes, Scott oh, Pilgrim. Um, yes, that movie's stupid. It is. I'm like, so basically, this movie's about an idiot who is basically just like screwing some really nice like girl over who really likes him for a bunch of girls that he doesn't even, or for a girl that has like 15,000 boyfriends who's been around the block a few times. Like, why do I, why, why? And who doesn't even really like him that much, to be honest. Like, even if you look at the plot of the movie, the lady's got a body count that rivals, I don't know, the Soviet Union. <laughs> so, yeah, so I watched, like, everyone's like, oh my God, Scott Pilgrim is the greatest movie ever made that. And I'm like, dude, Michael Sarah plays the same fucking character in every movie he's ever been in, except for when he played himself in that fucking movie uh, with, with, with Hell on Earth or whatever. With, um, I don't think I've seen that one. It's it's not called that. It's the one that has like Jonah Hill and and those guys like Seth Seth Rogen and yeah, that, that core group of. Yeah, it's like this is this is something or I can't remember what the fuck it's called, but it's a funny ass movie. But that's Michael Sarah's best fucking role I've ever seen him in. The role where he plays himself <laughs> by not being himself. The role like, he was born to play. Because in that movie, he's like the whole time he's like, Yeah, what's up, bitches? And he's like <laughs> fucking snorting coke and shit the whole time. Like, I'm like, this is this is great, Michael Sarah. Like, why? So like um God, I can't even remember. That movie was funny, though. If you get a chance to watch, even though Franco's kind of, he's a little cringe. Yeah. Um, but the movie's funny. And it's it's worth a watch. It's It was pretty hilarious. That's the only movie with that group of people that I've liked. Um, the Disaster Artist was fine. I don't know if you ever watched that one. Oh, I, my favorite scene is when he... He's walking out on the roof like, I did not hear her. I did not hear her. I did like, not. I don't know why. I find that hilarious. <laughs> Have you seen The Room? No. Okay. And that's, you know, that's what that movie's about, right? No. No, I did not. Yeah, there's a movie, but there's a movie called The Room um, with Tommy Wiseau. And like James Franco's playing the real person, Tommy Wiseau, who's the, who's the bonkers at bonkers as fuck director of The Room. Like it, it's basically just like, yeah, like it's so weird. It's so weird. Uh, and so, like, if you watch the room, and because that's the movie they're making during that the disaster artist. So okay. when he when he goes out on the roof and he's like, I did not, I did not hit her, I did not. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, hi, Mark. Like that's that's Tommy. How Tommy was so acts in his own movie, The Room. Like and and you can watch them side by side. I think it shows in the end credits, like them side by side. And it's so like James Franco, you, you know, as cringe as he is, he fucking nailed Tommy Wiseau, which doesn't surprise me because Tommy's Wiseau, he's not cringe in the same way. He's just cringe because he's so fucking bizarre. You know, one of my favorite James Franco movies, 
It's oh my god! It's James Franco and Seth Rogen. The interview where they go to North Korea. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was a good one. But the rest of their movies are all like drug movies, and I yeah, and I don't. I've never been a fan of drug humor because I don't get it. Because I was well, never know, a drug person, so I never. I just don't get it. So apparently, people in South Korea were taking DVDs of the interview and <laughs> tying them to balloons, and, like <laughs> sending them to North Korea. I hope so. I hope they did. That's I, good. One of those, I choose to believe this happened. And apparently that's like what South Korean activists do is they'll take like DVDs of Sex in the City and just send it into North Korea. I'll bet you that pisses them off. I'm surprised well, I mean... they don't declare war because it's like they're sending contraband across our borders. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, North Korea. Well, also, here's hoping whoever finds it has a DVD player. I think they do. I think they do, but like mostly all they can watch is like propaganda videos and stuff. Yeah, that checks out. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, they have things there, but there's like, I don't know. So I always love whenever a moronic American goes over there and gets in trouble and I you just know. kind of look at him going, what the fuck were you thinking? Like, if you want to go over there, like, and like kind of see it for the historical principles and see, you know, just for like to see what's going on and observe and go over there and do that, but don't do stupid shit. Right. Like, like go, go over there, you sit in your room, you do nothing. There's that YouTube prankster who I don't remember what he did, but apparently he's on trial in Japan and is facing a long time in prison. Which, like, yeah, I'm gonna blow your mind. A lot of people have laws that kind of boil down to don't be a fucking asshole. I wish that they would have done that to Logan Paul. Right. Fuck that guy. Um, I still don't like that guy. Although, okay, I will give him this. All right, and I this is this is big for me because I fucking hate him so much. So he did an interview, and you've probably seen this, where someone had asked him about that situation with Rey Mysterio and Saudi, and yeah. they're like, "Well, you saved Rey Mysterio's life," and he's like, "He goes, I think maybe I almost killed Rey Mysterio, and then he was I." Off. And yeah, he said that. He's like, because I wasn't in position, and then I ran up and caught Rey Mysterio and saved his life that I almost caused the death. You know, so he owned it, and I was like, okay, if he owned it, I still don't like motherfucker. But now it's like, okay, at least you're not gonna like have grandeur for fucking saving Ray's life when you were fucking the one that was killed him. You know what the worst part is? Now that you said that, it reminded me. I had that written down that I was going to bring up on the podcast, but it was one of those weeks that one of us was not feeling good, so we oh, skipped. Yeah. And then I just trashed the notes because, like, I'm not keeping all the notes. Well, it came back around because I, yeah, I saw that video the other day, and I was like, I know this is probably old, but it's like it's still like at least he fucking said, yeah, I kind of suck, like I kind of suck, and that's what happened, and I kind of don't suck because I. Came up and you know fixed my fuck up, you know. Like basically, I I fixed the fuck up that I caused. Yeah, so I bet you Ray was happy because right. that that would have broke his neck. That could have taken out an eye. It could have killed him. Like he could have died there, and all because WWE wants a YouTuber on their fucking TV programs, which right. Just, that's like that's like when you get like okay, so it's like bring Logan Paul in and have him do some stupid shit. Okay, whatever. 
It's like when they brought like fucking Nicole Palazzi in or whatever her name is, Snooky. Oh yes. To do that thing, they had her come in. They had her do like some a, small stupid thing. You, and you then, did a handspring. Good for you. And then she's done. And we didn't have to see Snooky ever again on WWE. I do love the fact that TNA got JWoww and Robbie. Yes, I remember them. Yeah. <laughs> and Rob, Robbie G, Robbie G, or Robbie. No, Robbie E was an actual wrestler. Okay. Robbie was one of the Jersey Shore guys. Okay. And then WWE basically says, well, we can afford the popular one, right? Uh, and didn't they have like Maria Menounos like do something once? Yep, she was in a match at Mania, and I took that opportunity to make a lovely BMT sandwich. <laughs> like, I, well, I, I remember watching that and being like, "Why is the lady at the theater the, telling me to watch like fucking Nuvo or whatever the fuck it is?" Nuvi, like, Nuvi, <laughs> fucking wrestling. Like, I don't get it. Um. Do something like that with Logan Paul, but now he's a fucking now he's going down in history as a United States champion. It's fucking also, insulting. You know what? Speaking of sandwiches, I love the fact that Riho is back. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> now my biggest question is, man, Smash Burger, BMT, ham and cheese, like all the possibilities while she's making her entrance. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's so mean. Um, I'm sorry, so, but I don't get it. She's she's two foot nothing. She weighs twenty pounds of nothing, <laughs> and I'm supposed to sit here and take her punching. I don't know, Jamie Hater seriously. Jamie does hate her, probably. Let <laughs> <laughs> me get a drink. She, she's another one where just I cannot wait until she comes back. She is going to be such a breath of fresh air. Hopefully. I'm trying to see if I have anything with caffeine in my refrigerator over here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, on AEW, we got Riho versus Ruby Soho, and Ruby loses, and I couldn't help but think, in the back of Ruby's mind, I'm sure she's thinking, I had a good thing going with Liv Morgan. <laughs> and then, then she's thinking, like Jesus thinking, or God thinking, maybe I should have left it all to the monkeys. <laughs> that's from that movie demon night <laughs> so this is a weird drink right it's an rc. rc it's an rc but it's berries and cream rc okay and i don't know hold on we're getting a review folks eh, okay it's not too bad <laughs> a not ringing too, endorsement it's not too good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, RC. It's not too bad. <laughs> there goes any sponsorship I'd ever have with RC Cola. Oops, sorry, <laughs> my bad. You know what? They can impress me by giving me more free stuff to try, and I'll talk about it on the podcast. You know, I I think RC Cola knows where they stand. Like, let, let's be honest. Bush Light, I'm sure, brews their beer going. One day, hopefully, you can afford to not drink this. <laughs> Perhaps Blue Ribbon for when you just can't. Right. <laughs> when you want a nice 75-cent fucking pint at the bar. <laughs> dude, that's what, dude, when I was in college, 
and I went to college way later in my life. So this is about six, six, seven years ago. I go to the to the campus pub because they had open mic night. So I'd go and play guitar and shit. And I'd go out there and they would be selling. Um, they'd have like, you know, their specials nights or whatever. Mm-hmm. One night they had 75 cent fucking pints of <laughs> fucking uh, uh, what I just said. That's um, blue ribbon of PBR. Yeah. Like, I'm like, wow. And I'd never had a PBR because everyone always told me that it was pee water. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I, I I want a nice cheap beer tonight. So I took a drink and I, you know what? PBR is not that bad. No, like it's, it's it, the same it, thing. PBR is not that bad. It does everything it claims to do. Yeah, it gets you, gets you fucked up if you drink enough <laughs> of it. And doesn't burn a hole in your pocket. Right. Oh, you, you know what movie I just saw that does everything it claims to do? Have you gotten a chance to see the mean one yet? No, I don't even know what that is. So, much in the same vein of Blood and Honey, the Winnie the Pooh thing, mm-hmm. someone made a Grinch movie, but they never call it Grinch. They make that very clear. Good call. But it's a slasher. Oh, no. <laughs> I can only imagine. Oh, it's good. I recommend it. Like, I was shocked the makeup on Not the Grinch actually looks legit. All right, I'm look. I'm I'm not the Grinch. I'm looking it up right now. The mean <laughs> one. 2022 film, dude. That does like look pretty good. I promise. Watch it, and it might be a new Christmas tradition for me, or at least nice. a December one. There's a new movie out that's a Christmas movie that I want to watch. It's on Shudder. Yeah. It's a wonderful knife. I've heard of it. And it has Justin yes. Justin Long in it. Her SBS and Butthead <laughs> call him Justin Schlong. That's <laughs> <laughs> that Justin Schlong guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Schlong. Um no, so so most mostly like with WWE right now, there's a lot going on. There's some really good stories that are in the making. I mean, I don't I could give two fucks about Randy Orton and and uh and Roman Reigns. I don't give two shits about that at all. I'd like to see maybe Randy Orton and Solo Sokoa. That could be a good match. You know, we saw Randy Orton in Umaga, I think, at least once, and it was pretty good. It's yes. kind of close to that, you know, except for Solo is not as nearly as big as Umaga was, and, and possibly got... for the best. So there's a unique opportunity right now on SmackDown for something awesome to happen. It's not going to happen because it's a good idea. Okay. But then again, they have they've been having better ideas lately. So who knows? So they have the United States title tournament, or the tournament to find who's going to fight Logan Logan Douche for the title. Yes, and they've got a, uh, a list of people. Do you have, do you know what that list is by chance? So I've actually got a few matches that happened. We had Santos Escobar versus Dragon Lee. Santos won that, yeah. Yes, which makes sense with what they did on Saturday with Dragon Lee, but whatevs. Yeah, we had Bobby Lashley versus I forgot he still worked there. Carrying Cross. Did Bobby and... win? Yep. God damn it! Never mind. My, that that. That moots my whole entire point of what I was going to say. Fuck. Oh, this was the tribute to the troops episode. So, of course, they do 
Bobby was in the army. Bobby's father was in the army. Bobby's the, a heel. Well, the instant you hear all that, you go, gee, I wonder who's winning. Right? Fuck me. He's going to win the whole thing. Now, they did do... So they had Brad Nessler on commentary. Legendary legendary is... college sports announcer. Okay. And he always announces the Army-Navy game. All right. Oh, my God. He commented circles around everyone else. Really? Like, Karrion Cross comes out, and Nestler, out of nowhere, I feel like we haven't seen Karrion Cross since August. Like, holy shit! <laughs> That's awesome. Good. That's great. So, yeah, I was getting ready to say... It was like, we have a unique opportunity here now to put fucking Karrion Cross over because he's a fucking great talent and he's being underutilized severely. Right. Just like fucking, like, where the fuck is, uh, is, uh, fucking, uh, the people, the Gallows and Anderson, where the fuck are they at right now? I don't know, but yeah, Meechin made a rare appearance on this show just attacking damage control. So they've got to do, like, Asian-on-Asian violence here. Well, Zelina Vega and Mia Yim attack damage control with Shotzi and Bianca, and that led us to Charlotte versus Asuka. What? That's not <laughs> even work. God damn it. So yeah, oh. In the beginning, Bailey, who's on the outs with damage control for some reason, even though she saved all of their asses at War Games, she's back there with them, and they say... Hey, we're going to take care of it out there. You just chill out back here. So everyone goes out with Asuka, and then out of nowhere, Shotzi and Bianca start... No, I tell I tell a lie. Zelina Vega and Mia Yim attack damage control, and the camera's shooting from the back. I had no idea who they were. I legitimately <laughs> thought two girls just ran past security and started razzling with damage control. Jesus. And then Shotzi and Bianca do the whole they stand at the top of the ramp so the heels can't go back. <laughs> and I, I've decided I love that Shotzi is batshit uncontrollably insane, except when she's not. <laughs> except for when she's in a match that matters. Right. Which few or far between. If she has to go second or third in a promo, she will stand there very politely wait her turn, then all hell breaks loose. They should then, always let her do it first. Exactly. But then if the next person has to talk, she will stand there and sit very quietly. The, and yeah, you I, can tell you can tell someone, some writer said, alright, Shotzi, so you're gonna be crazy. And like, she's doing the best she can. Problem is, she's not being booked to be crazy. Yeah. I mean, for a second there, they were really like leaning into that, and then they just like dropped it. It's yeah, like when with, she first cut her hair. Yeah, like with. Uh, I still, I still, I miss Lacey Evans. I miss the original Lacey Evans, the fucking like the Southern Bell, the Southern Bell, like Marine Corps Lacey Evans, not the Sergeant Slaughter Lacey Evans. No, when she was when she dressed like a pinup model, I mm -hmm. loved it. Mm -hmm. It was oh. great. So apparently Lacey did an interview where she says she doesn't miss WWE. It was never a passion for her. Yeah. Which, I don't know, that totally checks out. Like, whatever, she was good at it, so I'd have thrown some money at her to make her stay. 
dude, they were doing so much with her too. They actually, when she, one of the coolest moments I'd seen in wrestling in a while is when Lacey and, and uh, Baron Corbin were wrestling Becky and Seth. Yes. And Lacey was getting shots in on Seth and stuff. I thought that was really good storytelling. Like, cause you know, the whole thing is you can't hit a girl on in WWE you know, so it was like, oh, she's really asking for it. And who was it that hit her? Like, didn't did Seth hit her? Like, Seth fucking planted her. I with think a, so. The pedigree. And it was like, wow, I haven't seen that in a while. I haven't seen that since since Sensational Sherry's getting her ass whooped by the, by the Ultimate Warrior weekly. <laughs> like, not since the Dudleys put Mae Young through a table. Right. And uh, actually, you know the team I wanted that we were probably never going to get? Lacey and Charlotte. I thought that could have been a good team. And maybe Lacey could have taught Charlotte how to do a moonsault. <laughs> maybe. I think that, yeah, they severely dropped the ball. Like, they were pushing her, and then she got pregnant, and then they, like, basically got mad at her or something. And for some reason, it was Ric Flair's baby uh, somehow. That was, was so weird. I'm pretty sure at this point Rick is shooting blanks, but <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I, mean well, I don't know, maybe not. I love that Lacey, she does the whole, you're not going to touch me, I'm pregnant. And Rick starts celebrating. Like, dude, that's another alimony payment. What the fuck are you happy about? Yeah, why, why, yeah don't get yourself involved in that shit. Like, you're already peddling energy drinks and wings. <laughs> woo energy, Jesus Christ, mushroom have extract. You, have you seen the woo wings? No. So... Rick Flair had a box with his face on it, and it had a giant woo across the top and wings. And he lifts it, and they were not that good-looking wings, if we're being honest with ourselves. <laughs> Closes it and just goes, woo wings. <laughs> what was it like? Wings, like wings made in like woo energy sauce or something? Oh God. <laughs> i wonder if that's what it was the, the heartburn the ulcers the heart attack <laughs> the ulcerative colitis the the colors <laughs> uh yeah i'm never gonna do uh, what do they say a case or like a one of the woo energy drinks is like seven dollars or something yes like that why would anyone you know you know aewp like some of these hardcore aew fans are buying that shit up can you imagine what the upcharge is going to be at a show? Oh, my God. If they go to, like, our AEW show and they try to buy Woo Energy there, it's going to be, like, $20 for one of those fucking things. I say this as someone who drank Hulk Hogan's energy drink and raw energy drink. Can't justify it. Not at that price. I'll, if it's $20 and it makes me trip balls at an AEW event, I'm totally, <laughs> I'll pay $20 for Woo Energy. <laughs> if I go there and I'm like, Wow, the acclaim is there. Oh, look at the fucking finger movements and the scissoring. Like, like, like if yeah, it's that's hilarious, man. So if it's one of those experiences that like makes everything in motion have a line behind it. Yeah, if it gives me tracers. Like, man, yeah. can you imagine Commander and Vikingo with tracers? Oh my god, could you dude? That that's how they should be marketing Woo Energy. They should be like, drink this during the luchadors. Except for me, don't drink that. It might make things like normal speed <laughs> instead of regular speed. 
Oh my god, dude, I couldn't even imagine. That was like I had a friend, like one of my friends in high school, he was so fucked up all the time. All he did the whole time we were in high school is drop acid. That's all he ever did. And uh, yeah. And now he sees permanent tracers. Because he's done so much acid in his life. Now he just sees tracers everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, but could you imagine? I man, I tell you, I, I that's how they should be marketing this shit. Like when they go to Canada and that shit's fucking legal. The Woo Energy Drinks Canada should be all like fucking shrooms. Because you can buy shrooms on the street in Canada. Like no one, it's a legal commodity there. They have really? stores. Yeah, they have stores. You could just go in and buy fucking psychedelic mushrooms. <laughs> so they should have a Canada brand of fucking Woo Energy when AEW's there. And then you go in there and you fucking trip some serious balls while you're watching like... Could you imagine the devil, like the whole devil thing with the oh my god tripping balls? <laughs> You'd just be like, "Yeah, I was here, and I the devil was there, man. The devil, he was he was showing me things that I don't want to see." Which, I by the way, I love Baker. I love that everybody has already deduced. Well, Wardlow is definitely one of them. Like, because yeah. he comes out for a match after the devils, minions, demons, I guess we call them, attack whoever it is they attacked. Then Wardlow's hair is like all puffed up to one side as if he just had a mask on. <laughs> you know, they, they do. And then the super do... slews, they zoom in on the feet of one of the demons like it's the same boots. It's not like fucking wrestling's never done fake shimps before. Right. Right? Like, look, okay, look at uh, uh, Survivor Series 1993. Okay? The Hart Hart family versus Sean and the Knights. It was supposed to be called Lawler and his Knights, but Lawler got arrested or something. So it was Sean and his his Knights. So those Knights were um, one of them. And how easy would it have been Sean and his Heartbreakers or something? Yeah, that was so bizarre, but and they could have just used the wrestlers like they had. They didn't have to, like, put hoods on them. Because one of them was fucking Greg the Hammer Valentine. Right. You know, like, I, I'll pull up the list. I'll pull up the list of who it was. And I feel the- like Terry Funk was supposed to be one of them. No, I don't think it was Terry Funk. Let's look this up. Who were Sean's Michael's Knights? I didn't even type the whole thing and it just popped it up. <laughs> okay, Okay, so... Jeff Gaylord was the Black Knight. Okay. Greg Valentine was the Blue Knight, and Barry Horowitz was the Red Knight. That's who I was thinking of. Fucking Barry Horowitz, a guy that they knew they can fucking rely on, was the Red Knight. So that makes perfect sense. And, you know, I was actually thinking about that while saying Mia Yim attack damage control. Like, so we have nothing for her. Like, (laughs) Maxine is having terrible matches with Rhea Ripley, and... We have nothing for someone as good as Mia Yim. Like Believe I'm not saying push her all the way to the moon, but I am saying you could have her doing stuff. Put her in NXT. Let her work with the kids. <laughs> you know, give her some fucking time. Let her work with those kids. Because I'm telling you what, some of those kids over there are great. Oh, but a lot of those kids over there need a lot of fucking work, especially was, the women's division. I was thoroughly impressed with who was it? Fallon Henley. Yeah, She had that match with Tiffany Stratton where Tiffany 
looked like a million dollars because Fallon was making her look like a million dollars. Yeah. Like that's one of those, if you're watching it, Fallon is definitely guiding it and definitely good at it. Yeah. Yeah. And, but they're like, like Roxanne Perez. She's not my favorite. She's a solid fucking worker. She knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. A liar. Valkyria is great. You know, she's good. She's fine. Um, I know it's another stunning fucking thing. Be like, she's fine. <laughs> you know, Cora Jade's back and, you know, JC, JC Jane's just like on the sideline with Chase U or something, which is weird. Yeah, that's odd. And Gigi Dolan also just like isn't doing gone. Anything. Yeah. And and Gigi clearly was the standout member of that fucking group for sure. But I like so. But um so there but there are some some kids over there that aren't ready. And Mia Yim's a great worker. They could put her if they want to do something with her, send her over there. I'm working with those kids. Fucking Becky Lynch went and did it for a little while. Right. You know, it worked out too because fucking a lot of the people that worked with her over there are better now. You know? So, I mean, do what you do what you want to do, I guess, but... Even Baron Corbin's doing really good down there now. Dude, yeah, this is the best work he's ever done. Right, like, oh my god, he he's good. Can I have more of this, please? Fucking Dijak. Like, Dijak's doing some of the best work ever over there right now. Although it did still kill me when Dijak, he has... He has his sunglasses on and he says his catchphrase with something akin to like, hey, can you see into my eyes or something like that? Yeah. And Baron Corbin just, no, you idiot, you're wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Another rising star they've got over there is Eddie Thorpe. Oh, he's amazing. He's great. I call. I still think he's Tatanka 2.0, but... <laughs> but well, I, to be he, fair, you think that because he is. <laughs> right, you know, but he's... I think he's like, like Chris is Chris Tatanka. He's good. He's a great worker. He's solid and reliable. Um, oh, you know what? Ed, I do? Eddie could fuck it in Tatanka's prime. Eddie could fucking wrestle circles around him. You, you know what I am loving about the whole breakout tournament and all that? Mm. I love when they have like the legends do the whole. I've been really keeping my eye on this guy or girl, and I really think they could make it. Like, I do not believe for one second Jerry Lawler is recovering in a hospital and he's watching NXT. Yeah, he's probably like, fuck this. I'm watching Major League Two. Right. <laughs> for, for reasons that if you're familiar with Major League Two, you totally got that joke. <laughs> um, I love this British shit. <laughs> there you go. I wrapped that up for you real, real fucking tight. Well done. <laughs> And it's Christmas. It was fine looking wrapping. Yes. Thank you very much. Had a bow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like you've got like carrying cross. Don't embarrass him anymore. You're killing him. Like he's already, you guys fucking killed him anyway. And now you guys are just basically just licking the fucking bones. Like and, at this point, they need to abandon the spooky shit, have him cut a promo saying he's abandoning the spooky shit. And that he's just going to kill people. That's all they got. Yeah, you're right. That's all. They, he doesn't even have to abandon the spooky shit. They just have to have him come in there and fucking get a victory that matters. Right. Cleanly. Like, have him have a rematch with Bobby Lashley and have him fucking squash him. Like, you know, like, remember, you remember when Goldberg made his big return and squashed Lesnar in like 30 seconds? Yes. 
that's what they need to do. They need to do a match against somebody prominent. Like, do a non-title match versus Gunther. And fucking have Karrion Cross go in there and just fucking decimate him. And then you automatically add... You automatically bring Prestige back to Karrion Cross. I mean, that's all you have to do. Or fucking put him in the Rumble and have him, like, be prominent in the Rumble. Eliminating big names and shit. And have the announcers instead of just, like... Carrying crosses, eliminating like fucking amazing people, and all they're doing is like, "Did you see Cody in the corner? Oh, he's really tired. He's sitting down right now." And Carrying crosses like fucking grill press slamming people left and right. But look at Cody, like, like, and then to get him over, you have fucking Carrie go over there and just pick Cody up and launch his ass out. And right, me, could you imagine Cody Rhodes versus Carrying Cross? How good that match would be. That would be fun. That would that be, be a lot of fun. That would be yeah. That would be fucking great. They have so many fucking things they can do over there, and they don't do it. It's the same with AEW. Like, both these promotions have, and, like, it's like AEW. Like, they've got such a fucking good talent pool. Their talent pool is massive. Tony Khan has some fucking amazing names over there, and veterans. As much as, personally, like, Chris Jericho, you know, whatever, he's a good fucking worker. Chris is a great worker. And, personally, I don't know Chris personally. I've met him a couple times. Whatever. Everybody has an off day. I'm an asshole when I'm drunk too. You know what I mean? <laughs> Actually, I'm not. I'm always happy and cr- then I cry. But <laughs> but everybody has. You know, nobody's a fucking who they are when they've been drinking. So whatever. So that doesn't bother me. So I'm not gonna talk shit about Jericho because I'm. I always love Jericho anyway. But they've got Jericho over there. They got Samoa Joe. They've got this huge fucking pool of talent. And all they're doing over there is booking them in Japanese dream matches. I don't care about Japanese dream matches. I don't watch New Japan Pro Wrestling every fucking day. Occasionally I'll watch it and be like, oh, that's cool. They're doing some cool shit. And then I go back to shit that I usually watch. I don't fucking care about you bringing some huge Japanese wrestling name back that I've heard of maybe once in my entire life. To have a match with Daniel Bryan. I don't care. Or Bryan Danielson, whatever the fuck. I don't care. Stop. You've got... Well, especially when before that match, you did everything. Like, what What are they supposed yeah. to do now that you've done everything? Yeah, because it wasn't before, right before that match, wasn't that Omega and Osprey? Yes. And it was fucking... It blew up the crowd. And when Danielson came out and did that match... Because when I was watching that pay-per-view, I was just like... Oh, this is fucking awesome. This is a great way to end it. And then like, oh, we've got one more match. And I'm I'm, I'm too exhausted. Right. From like, watching that match to watch another match like that. I legitimately had to come back and watch it a different day. It's too much. And it's as much as like, yeah, sure, cater a little bit to the to the to the internet fans. Do that. Like it's great. It's good for business to do that. But if you want mainstream audiences to come in and watch your product, you can't do that shit. And it's like I said before, keep your backstage shit to yourself. Don't do the stupid media scrums. I'm so tired of media scrums. Well, especially the media scrum is either a shoot or it's kayfabe. Yeah. But when you have Edge going out there saying, you know, it's a dream to be here. I'm so happy to be here. I get to work with Christian again. We've got a lot of really good ideas. We've been bouncing off each other. Then Christian comes out. Why would I be happy Adam Copeland's here? I'm the current TNT champion. I'm the father figure everyone wanted. Like, well, which the fuck is it? 
nobody's on the same page over there. No offense, Adam Page. <laughs> but there's just they like they've got so many opportunities over there to do so many cool things. AEW's major problem right now is they have too many fucking shows. And they need to stop hiring wrestlers. They have enough. They have more than enough. And they, they need, need to, to consider stop. letting some go. Uh, yes. And they need to stop burying their homegrown talent for acquisitions from WWE's like layovers. They 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 need to because they've got Oh, we went over this last time. Like every single match was an ex WWE guy. Yeah. And you've got people like Darby Allen, as much as I think he's kind of a douchebag in person, he's a good worker. He's entertaining to watch. You know, he's the only one who, when he does a suicide dive, it looks like he's legitimately doing it. I, the problem with the their booking of Darby Allen is I still don't fucking buy for five seconds him going over on fucking Samoa Joe. No. Darby Allen, that's like fucking that's like if you put like Andre the Giant in a match with fucking uh the one, two, three kid Peter Dinklage. Okay. You know what I mean? That's like King Kong Bundy and WrestleMania three. Without Hillbilly Jim around to protect the other ones. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I noticed? I don't remember who it was. I want to say it was, it might have been Jey Uso, but Darby and Cody do suicide dives. Everyone else does a suicide push. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. It looks so lame. It does. Do, do the flippy, do the flip plancha, you know? Right. Like, like Ricochet does. You know, I mean, not everybody can do that. Ricochet's great, but, like, that's another talent they don't fucking use properly. I was actually impressed. Did you see the match? It was Ivar against Bronson Reed. I did not see that one. I love me a good hoss battle, and that's all this was. They come that, big that was, dudes was that beating raw? each other. Yep. They cut it out of the fucking Hulu. Of course they did. Yeah. You know, I'll blow your mind. How do you think Bronson Reed won this match? I don't know. A superplex. Wow. That's it. That was the well, finishing move. And it should be. It should be because those are big dudes fucking super getting superplexed. Right. Whereas, Ricochet would bounce. Al, you know, it was bounce. Right. I loved seeing a superplex actually respected like that instead of superplex into a falcon arrow. Like, well, your superplex wasn't that impressive in that case, but okay. I haven't seen it, and I haven't seen a really good superplex since Barry Wyndham, as the Widowmaker, did the superplex. Or oh, that's a good call. Or Power and Glory superplex fucking splash combo move. Because Hercules would do the do the superplex. Yep. And then Paul Roma would come off with the dive with the splash. Oh, who was it? Probably the most iconic superplex would be Lesnar and Big Show when the ring broke. Yeah. And then, yeah. of course, they did it again with Lesnar and Strong Strong Strowman. Yep. Yes. Strong Strongman. And, of course, Michael Cole has to do the whole, I've never seen anything like that before. Like, Michael, not only have you seen it before, you <laughs> called it before. Like, why are you lying? You said the same thing last time, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> like and, and here's how easy you fix that not since brock lesnar did that to the big show have i seen that's because vince was feeding him that line oh i'm sure he's like tell him that you've never said that before 
<laughs> like it's like and he's but he can't argue in the mic defense. He can't be like that, but I've said it. Nah. Oh, you've seen the footage when he did, right? <laughs> no. So there's footage of Michael Cole, and you obviously don't get to hear what's being said to him. But Michael Cole just goes, Do you want me to say that every time? I've said it like 20 times. Are you sure? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, sir. Yes, sir. It's boss time. <laughs> Like, uh, someone got a spanking over the phone. Sure did. Well, Mick Foley quit over it, over that shit. He's like, yeah, that I've, never, I've never been talked to like that before in my life, is what he said. I was like, I'm not going to let someone talk to me like that. Like, even if it is a job, don't talk to me that way. Right. But, I mean, apparently he didn't have thick enough skin for it. You'd think Foley would, of all people. But Taz didn't seem to give a shit. He was okay with it. It's like, whatever. I don't I'm care. I'm sure Taz, by the end, just did not give a shit. No. Like, that is one thing I love about AEW commentary is every now and then they just do not give a shit. JR, especially. Oh, who was it? Um, Excalibur. During, I think it was Moxley and Swerve, he says, these guys really need to get back in the ring. There's only a 10 count. And I am just staring at my TV going, fuck you. <laughs> these assholes are on the floor for five minutes at a time and now you're gonna say that no fuck all the way off they might as well just get rid of count outs altogether because no one fucking adheres to them anyway right jesus yeah the the commentary over there it's i love when jr's doing commentary because jr clearly yes. doesn't give a fuck <laughs> and if something's stupid he just points it out it's like oh i've seen i've seen a lot of things in my day but i've never seen anything as ridiculous as that you know like Oh, when who was it? I think Chuck Taylor ran into the announce desk and Taylor's like, what the hell are you doing, you idiot? <laughs> they need to just put JR just needs to go back to WWE just for a little bit to, to finish his career. Add a little bit of legitimacy to his fucking because it was like, I, it was good that AEW hired him and had him doing stuff, but the fans clearly didn't never respected JR. They, no, never, they never wanted him there. And yeah. there's a whole generation of JR that, or a whole generation of fans now, him in AEW is all they know. Yeah. Put him, you know, Lawler probably won't be doing anything anymore, but put, put like JR back on, just put him back on Raw for like a year just so he can, we can hear him call some fucking good shit because he doesn't work with those guys over there. Like he and Taz do okay. Like he and Taz go back and forth. That's because he and Taz are friends, but like, like Excalibur, like he doesn't fit, and you and you can hear the disdain in Jr's voice when he has to fucking work with Excalibur on the fucking commentary. He's just like, uh like he's just like, is this is such a chore, like <laughs> to have to fucking play off of you, you fucking moron. Like that's that's what I get from Jr. And it's like Exc Excalibur, he, God bless him, he does his best. <laughs> he's a shitty now he's a shitty commentary guy he is too much of a mark and i uh, hate to put it that way but like okay i'm also sick of this why does everyone do the same move but it's called something different <laughs> right <laughs> how many names do they have for the canadian destroyer like 25 oh god something like that but like every cutter it's the Cody cutter. It's the diamond cutter. It's the RKO. Like it's a goddamn cutter. Just call it that. It's not even that. It's like it's like a fucking. They didn't even call it when like who was who the hell like started doing that. Like what was it called before? It was called a cutter. 
I think it, the diamond cutter was the first time I remember it being prominent. Well, what it was called, but before it was called a cutter, it was something else. Like it had another name. There's also the Osaka Street Cutter. That's yes. another one. Like, no, like it just looks like it's a fucking like a chin drop. You know what I mean? That's what I call it. Right. It's like a chin, a fucking chin drop to me. But what do I? What the fuck do I know? Yeah, I don't remember what move it was, and I need to write it down because at, at one point they're like. It's the ruby drop, like, or as most people call it, a body slam. Yeah, right. <laughs> what was it? Um, what were like the super kick has all these fucking names now. Like, what the fucking you Shawn Michaels started that shit, but Shawn Michaels was like the really the first time that was used as something. And like, if I was Shawn Michaels, I'd be annoyed that the super kick is this bastardized now. Well, like Jay Uso does like like eighty times in a match, right? He just keeps the doing Usos, it. the Young Bucks, like Kevin Owens do does it. So there used to be a move in TNA. We all just called it the TNA kick because <laughs> it was when it was mostly X Division guys. They would always do a spinning kick to the stomach to double the guy over then run to the ropes and do whatever spinny flippy do they were going to do. And I was watching this match. It was, it was a local show. It was this guy, Christian York, who's really, really good. At least he was. I don't even think he's still working. He was, he was back then. He was great. But at one point you just hear, all right, TNA kick. And then he does the spinning back kick. Like, did he just call a TNA kick? What the hell? And of course, afterwards at some signing or whatever, like, hey, did you call the TNA kick? He goes, yeah, everyone in TNA does it, so it's the TNA kick. <laughs> it's not like a weird crescent kick or some shit. Like, isn't that what it is? No, it's just uh, they spin and do a kick to the stomach. That's it. It's just a spinning oh, back kick. It's that shit. Low. It's that shit. Loki fucking did all the time. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I got you. Low-key, Jesus. Low-key, the man who knocked an opponent completely unconscious and then didn't pin him. <laughs> Which I love the idea of like, wake up, man. I got more shit to get in. <laughs> and then didn't he win like the first season of NXT? Uh yes, his coaches were lay cool. Yeah, and he like he won the first season of NXT and then he they changed his name. Yeah, like, he was Caval. Yeah, and like that he was there for like a week. Yeah, and then he, he quit. did. I think he did a few matches, then went to the back and said, "Do you guys have anything for me?" And they said no. And he says, "I quit," which I didn't think you could do that, but apparently you can. I guess. And I, I was mean, so annoyed because contractors. So, like, I loved the team of Michelle McCool and Layla. Yeah, and them with an annoyed low key next to them was hilarious. I yeah, loved that whole pairing. I remember that now. That was pretty funny. Yeah, because he did. He just looked super annoyed the whole fucking time they were going off of him. <laughs> and you like... could just picture like a guy who's forced to go to the mall with his girlfriend and then she's trying on dresses and everything and he's just sitting there bored out of his skull. Right. Like that was low key every single day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like another guy in WWE that didn't get nearly as enough time to fucking shine in there as he should have was Jerry Lynn. True. Because he was in there for, like, not real long. He was the light heavyweight champion for a while because they didn't have the cruiserweight championship yet. 
but it was like always him and going back and forth with Taka Michinoku all the time, you know, and or like whoever else decided to jump in there and do that. I can't remember. Crash Holly, I think, did that once. And you can almost hear Jerry Lynn going, you guys should really watch ECW Heat Wave or Guilty as Charged because I was really good. I can't stress enough. Yeah, it's like and if you would have stayed, but think like if you would have stayed in there during the invasion angle, the matches he would have with Rob Van Dam would have been yes. awesome. Like he could have like one of them could have defected over to the other side and they could have been like feuding with Jerry Lynn, but that's never gonna happen. So well, and it was so it was so interesting because they gave us Rob Van Dam against Jeff Hardy as like the WWE versus WCW styles. Mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy was never the super athletic guy doing all that. Jeff Hardy just kind of fell on people. <laughs> like, and that's not to say it wasn't oh. impressive, but his whole thing was he uses his body as a weapon, whereas RVD and Jerry Lynn was they're doing spinny whirly flippy do kicks. Yeah, and that was fun. It was fun. Like Jeff Hardy's <laughs> Jeff Hardy's kick was after his foot got caught and he desperately had to get away. Yeah. Oh, then then we had for a little bit on SmackDown, we had fucking Jerry Lynn Light or Jerry Lynn 2.0. Fucking Kid Cash. Yes. <laughs> who who was actually great in ECW, and then they turned him into a fucking then they make him one of the pit bulls or something. I think so. It got uh-huh. weird. It was him and but Jamie Noble or something. Like, yes. Like the pit bulls. Like it's like, okay, no. Like one, you're insulting a dude that died. And then you're insulting, you know, because it was fucking, was it Anthony Durant? Yeah, Pitbull number one. And then, but Gary Wolf was still alive. So it's like, if, you, is... if you were going to do that, bring Gary Wolf in as their fucking manager or something. Or pull a that demolition. Is... That is the epitome of, Mom, we want Pitbulls. We have Pitbulls at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I'm pretty excited with wrestling right now. I know we've kind of bitched. We didn't really cover the shows too much, but we had all the shows. Oh, okay. I want I want to I want to focus a little bit on the Royal Rumble, and I think for the next few weeks until it happens, the Royal Rumble is going to be the hot topic for me because it's my favorite event of the year. You know what I'm really excited about for this Royal Rumble? Hmm. I legitimately don't know who wins. Yeah, because everyone has a like, and that's the cool thing is like, remember, I always bitch because it's like, there's always a guy in there that you automatically go like, oh, he's going to win. Right. Now, now you've got two guys at least in there. You're like, those guys are going to, one of those, who's, who, which one are they going to put over in the Rumble? You know, who's going to, who's going to make, because you've got Cody who has finished his story, you know, so is he going to win? Because he, it's because they had made the pre established that Roman wasn't going to give him another title shot. Right, they established that way back after last WrestleMania. Right, but, but uh, the only way that he can guarantee that he gets that title shot is if he wins the Rumble because Roman doesn't have a choice. So someone came up with this idea online, and I love this idea. It's Punk wins the Rumble because they just don't want to see Cody win twice in a row. Then they have a interpromotional elimination chamber. And the idea is that everyone in the chamber is people that the bloodline has wronged. So you have Drew in there. You have Cody in there. You have Jey Uso in there. You have Sami Zayn in there. 
and you just keep that going and that's how cody can get to roman that would be i would that would be great i would love that and that would make the elimination chamber fun too and yeah someone who was it gunther isn't even allowed to leave the country for a little while because he's still establishing residency yeah so yeah he can't even be in the elimination chamber yeah oh yeah so he's because where is that going to be at australia oh so yeah he totally can't go so we're definitely getting rhea ripley doing something maybe we'll get nathan jones (laughs) (laughs) nathan hi nathan jones I'm going to do a match for WWE, and then when I go back to Australia, I'm going to stay, Nathan <laughs> Jones. Um, and I'm going to not be in WrestleMania until the very end, because it turns out I'm not as good as they hoped. Crikey. <laughs> yeah, it turns out I was the absolute shits. So he used to be a strongman competitor and competed in the World's Strongest Man, where his arm was snapped in half during an wrestling contest. Ow. Jesus Christ. That fucking poor bastard. Right. Um, but I really okay, so it's I know that it's either gonna be CM Punk or Cody Rhodes winning the Rumble. It's gonna be one of those two guys. Mm-hmm. The cool thing is, is I don't know which one, like you were saying. We don't exactly. know exactly. I would love and I and that's good, and I'm okay with that. I I will accept either one of those guys winning because it's good for story. You know, it's good for story continuity. What I do want to see in that rumble is I want to see some underdog fucking they actually, or somebody who they need to redeem in the fans eyes, fucking get, have a good showing. And, and I said it before, but I think it's gotta be carrying cross. I think that's, you know, and I kind of, and there's like, Bring Gallows and Anderson, fucking let them in the Rumble because those both those guys would be great in the Rumble. And, and like, what are they even waiting for? Just are they really just waiting for AJ to come back? Yeah, that seems kind of stupid. Like, use your talent. Plus, I don't know if you guys know this, but you're paying them a yeah. lot. Yeah, fucking, fucking use them for Christ's sake, you know. Gallows looks like a fucking monster. Like he is huge and he looks mean. You know what I mean? Right. Like Gunther is a big guy. Gunther and Gunther doesn't Gunther used to look mean until he started wearing those ridiculous shoes down to the ring without socks. With no socks. Like then he just looks like a douchey like like Euro trash. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's what he looks like. I'm sorry, but that's what he looks like wearing that fucking outfit. He does. He looks like somebody that like you would make fun of in the movie Euro Trip. Like folks, I'm just throwing this out there. Wear socks. Yeah. I, <laughs> Like all he's got to do is put socks on it, and it won't—he won't look weird. Like if nothing else, less blisters. Yeah, that. Yeah, that too. He's probably wearing those. Like he's probably wearing those. Like socks no show just, socks. Yeah, that's probably what he's wearing. But it's—it's it's still like I'm just like, dude, you look like you any kind of like evilness like, or toughness that you, that I could see coming from you, like. It completely goes out the window when I see you come down to the ring and cutting a promo like that. It's like, well, Euro trash douche. Like, that's what like, I want to yell. <laughs> anytime it's something goofy where you look at it and go, wait a minute, is he not wearing, he's not wearing fucking socks. <laughs> I think one year, I don't know where it's going to be here in a couple, in a year or two, but I think what I want to do is one of these years, because 
I'm going to actually save up and I'm going to go to the Rumble. I've never been to one and I want to go. Even if it's nosebleed, I think that would be fun. I almost went to one in San Antonio. Yeah. Much as I hate stories where it's, I totally didn't do the thing that I just said I almost did. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll have to forego another trip that I take so that I can do that. I mean, I'll she'll, my wife will give me shit for that. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, it's going to cost me, but I, you know, other trips I take, I just, just take that. Then I get to go see something I, I never got to, you know, haven't got to see live. But I haven't been to, dude, I haven't been to a wrestling event since, um, the night after Survivor Series, where Sting came back, that's a good one to be at, though. That he he wasn't there, though. Oh, never mind. This was the this was the night after Survivor Series, where Sting showed up, and we all were like, "Sting's gonna be is gonna be cool." And there was no Sting. They just cut a little. They showed a segment on the tight on the Tron where like Sting was like, and I was like, ah, and it was a terrible fucking event. And I just uh, I didn't like. That's the last wrestling event I've gone to indie or anything else like i haven't been anything since that yeah we've got smackdown coming around this way and i don't know maybe yeah i think the last like i've only ever been to one pay-per-view my entire life and that was uh wrestlemania 8 okay i was like 12 years old and i was in nosebleed 11 years old in nosebleed yeah that was one cool thing about being in this area is we get everything like oh yeah baltimore dc if, if you want a concert it's 20 minutes away if you want wrestling it's 20 minutes away if you want good wrestling you're gonna have to wait a little bit but it's still 20 minutes away <laughs> <laughs> yeah we did indianapolis just had fast lane like that was just here and that's about 45 minutes for me but i was in las vegas so i didn't go <laughs> nor would i probably have gone to fast lane anyway i didn't eh, it's fast lane it gives a shit Right. It's a throwaway paper. It's not one of the big four. It's a B pay-per-view. You want to go to the one of the big four, you know? And WrestleMania oh, yeah. is way too fucking expensive. And so, WrestleMania, if you go to that, the real trick is you want to find all the indie shows happening around it. Yeah. Well, like, see, I'd like those to do the are fun. weekend. I'd like to do the access weekend and all that other shit they do because it would be kind of cool to see that to do that. You know, and of course I'd show up in my lucha gear because Yeah, like I'm I went to the one just before AEW started. Yeah. So like that's where I saw Darby Allen. That's where I saw all these different people who wound up there. Now, what's interesting is that's also where we saw everybody just before the speaking out movement happened. Oh yeah. So God. of course it was man, Marty Skrull's the coolest person ever. Ah shit. Yeah. Well, there's this guy, David Starr. He's amazing. Has the best entrance you'll ever... Oh, shit. Yeah. Man, that whole that whole uh, speaking out movement basically just took a shit all over Chikara. Yes, it did. They, they That happened in Chikara, and they never recovered from it. And they went under. You know, and I've never, you know, you know, I'm Ophidian's one of my good friends, and I don't Outside of the show, <laughs> on the show, he's not so much, but outside of the show, Fiddy and I are, are pals. And you have a whole lawn chair devoted to that bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for him to come back. He's still going to be there. <laughs> um, but like, you know, I, and I don't really talk to him about it because it's like, 
it's just fucking, you know, spilt milk at this point. You know what I mean? Plus, it's like, like it's been addressed. What more is there to add? Yeah, and I and, and it's like it's like I don't give it. You're like what? Because I mean, Ophidian didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't him, but it's just like that's the other thing is it sucks when you're in the position of like I can't stress enough. It wasn't me, right? Because that when he was on the show too, I was like, I'm not going to ask you about any of that shit. And he's like, Okay, cool. You know, I don't know why that made me think of this, but you know who Ron White is, the comedian. Mm-hmm. So he has this great story where, and this really happened. He has a private plane, like his own personal plane, and his pilots apparently got all pissy with him, and they go to the news like. Ron White is out of control. He's doing drugs on his plane. He's drinking on his plane. He's having sex on his plane. And Ron White on stage is like, this is my plane, right? <laughs> like, I'm not on Delta doing this. <laughs> and he's got a point. Like, if you have your own fucking plane, I'll bet you want to party on it. Right? Why not? Like, the, yeah, I just, ref- just don't do Ric Flair things. Right. And like, you'll be fine. I ref- I refuse to believe that someone flying on Vince McMahon's private plane was not doing a line of coke. <laughs> with with the Saudis. Right. Because they were all like, come here, I have the best coke that you could ever try. <laughs> and that was when they were allowed to leave. Yeah. Oh, God. That still blows my mind that people still go back so willingly of like, okay, but can it be in my contract that no matter how much you piss off the Saudi government, I get to leave? <laughs> well, see, Lesnar like, should. I'll even, I'll even not go to the next show if that's the fucking problem. <laughs> Dude, Lesnar should have waited around slightly so that he could have taken some people with him. You know, because you know, motherfucker had a big enough plane to take at least like seven or eight guys with him, right? And he, you know, and he, and you know, he didn't. Well, I love the story comes out. The Saudi government allowed Brock Lesnar to leave. Like, well, fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they were afraid they were going to get suplexed. Like, are you going <laughs> to tell Brock Lesnar he can't go somewhere? Like, yeah, I, and they let like, Vince okay, leave. Like, okay, I'm going to blow your mind. Brock Lesnar is a giant and <laughs> no one's going to stop him. But they didn't let Mansoor leave. No. But WWE sure did. <laughs> they might have thought he was a fan. Did they I saw him. He and he and uh and uh what's his nuts showed up on an indie show together as a tag team not too long. Oh, ago. um Mace. I hate to yeah. put it that way, but that's how I remember him. I don't remember what his name is. Dio Madden, I think was his name. Mache. Yeah, the... There's there's potential in that, but boy, it's going to be rough. Yeah, Dio Madden and Mansoor. So they were on some indie show or something together, which was kind of cool that they're getting work. So good for them. Yeah, good for them. Uh, Did you see that footage of Alberto Del Idiot? Oh, at the high school gym where there's like nobody there? And he's just like wrestling for like the other wrestlers' families and their girlfriends. Yep. <laughs> oh, he comes out and he's clapping, and I couldn't help but type in Alberto Del Rio, the only person clapping while Alberto Del Rio is on his way to the ring. <laughs> Alberto's Diarios. <laughs> That's why he was called Alberto Diario. And I always love that he does the whole 
I, I've never been convicted of anything. Like, okay, but you've been accused of a lot by several people, and that just doesn't work for me. <laughs> what was what was his, what was his name? Dos Caris. Yep. Yeah, Dos Caris the third or something like that. If you ever want a feel good moment, Dos Caris fought in Pride Fighting, <laughs> and he fought against Mirko Krokop. Oh God. And I even know who that is. Fuck that. It went exactly the way you think it went. Like him getting turned into a tapestry? Yes. <laughs> like, Krokop does one kick, and that's it. Before the fight, even, Boss Rutan is with Krokop in his locker room, and he's just, so this idiot's fighting in a mask. Have you ever seen a guy fight in a mask before? Like, no, that's... That's a really dumb idea, but luckily it'll be a quick match, so it won't affect him too much. Jesus. Luchadors in fucking MMA, that's fucking weird. Right. And oh, there was, the... um... There's this girl, her name is Gabby Garcia. Okay. Ba- basically, she's just a jacked out-of-her-mind powerhouse. And they put her in the ring with this girl. It- it's for an actual MMA company. But they put her in there with this 50-year-old Japanese wrestler lady who starts running the ropes. What? Until Gabby just grabs her and beats her into oblivion. <laughs> Why is she running the ropes? <laughs> I don't know. It was the dumbest, weirdest thing. And you're watching it going, man, so glad it leaked on Facebook and I didn't pay for this. Yeah. God, I remember Pride. Do they even do Pride fighting anymore? Isn't no, it went thing? under. It was actually purchased by out? the UFC. Saying, yeah, it was I thought purchased. they got bought out by them. And what's the other one? Bell later? Bellator. So Bellator. Bellator is apparently being purchased right now by... The UFC. Not the UFC. Um, Shane Not McMahon. one fighting. It's the one Kayla Harrison fights for. Why can I not think of this? The contract... Professional Fight League. Let's see. The contract does say McMahon. <laughs> but it says... Shane McMahon. It says Linda McMahon. Yeah, they're being bought out by the Professional Fight League, who, you'll love this, they have a contract with this guy named Francis Ngannou, who's just a monster of a human being, former UFC heavyweight champion, and they never have him fight because they can only afford to keep him under contract, but can't afford to have him fight for them. (laughs) Which... If you listen to him talk on the Joe Rogan experience, that's basically what he says. It's like he's under contract to them so he can go like fight Tyson Fury. He can go fight anywhere he wants. But they really can't afford how much it'll cost for him to fight for them. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, like I said, man, with when it came to MMA stuff, like I I enjoy I watched the first one I ever watched was UFC four or was it five? I think it was five. It was the one where we had there was that ridiculously like long match with Ken Shamrock and Hoist Gracie where they were in the hold for the whole fucking time. I think that was five, like five. the ultimate ultimate. I think they called yeah, it. Yeah, because Dan Severn fucking won the tournament. Yes, and like beat the holy bloody shit out of Oleg Tektarov. And the worst part is, I legitimately thought Oleg Tektarov was the greatest thing ever. Until he wasn't. <laughs> Until he was with in the in the octagon with Dan the Beast Severed. 
And I was like, I was into that because I was like, Dan the Beast Severed, he's a pro wrestler. It's going to be interesting <laughs> to see this pro wrestler beat the shit out of these guys. And boy, did he. Right. Holy fuck. That's why Dan Severn was, he was in, he was in the brawl for all. And he's like, I'm done with this. <laughs> he's like, I'm done. This is dumb. I think it was. Over this. I think it was that fight where they had to outlaw groin shots. Yeah. Because like someone's in a hole. And the guy is just clearly punching his opponent in the dick. Like, there's no other way to describe it. Just the man is pulling back hard as he can and punching the other dude in the dick. Now, do they have a rule in UFC now that if they're in a hold for that long, they have to break it up? So the way they word it is you have to be making advancement. So, like, one of the best examples I can give of this is Randy Couture and Tim Sylvia. Yeah. Randy... They're on the ground, and Randy has Tim's back. Like, Tim is clearly at a major disadvantage. And Tim keeps telling the referee, like, we're not doing anything, stand us up. The referee, Herb Dean, if I'm not mistaken, actually says, as shitty a position as you're in, I am not standing this up. He doesn't use those words. He was much more polite about it. Right, right, right. Yeah, because that... That match between Shamrock and Gracie was built up so much. And they're like, oh, my God, it's going to be the greatest fight you've ever seen in your life, right? And I got hyped as fuck for it. And I was like, okay, and I got that shit on pay-per-view. And then I... I'm sorry. <laughs> dude, I... That... The the tournament was great. Like, the tournament was fun. Because it was just fun watching Dan Sever just fucking roll through these fucking guys. Like, they were, like, nothing... But man, that last few hours uh, was a schlock. The last, really, <laughs> yes. It was, it was, it had it was like an hour and a half. And, and Hoist Gracie had him in some fucking hold for like an hour and a half. Yep. And like, you're just like, are they going to do anything? And like, we just kept watching. We kept watching and watching and watching and watching and fucking watching. And we're like, and I would go back and I'd go make myself food. Like, I'd go make dinner. <laughs> I come back and they're still in that fucking hold. I was so mad. And it turned me off of fucking MMA. Like that that like, actually uh, turned me off of MMA altogether. I was like, I'm done. I can't like watch. all right, guys. I'm I'm gonna get the slow cooker started and I'm gonna watch it the whole time. I'll be here for the end. Right. I'm like, I'm gonna go ahead and throw on the old crock pot and put a meal in. It's one PM. Should be ready by about seven. <laughs> so, you know, it'll be great. Like we'll celebrate and we'll eat some food after this is over. And you're here six hours later. Like fucking still in the hold. Uh, oh yeah, that was that was the match that instituted time limits. <laughs> yeah, I hope so because that was god, that was fucking terrible. And then Hoist tried fighting in Japan where they they would always make different rules for different people. Like for a while, Crocop, if you were on the ground for more than 30 seconds, they would stand you up no matter what. Yeah. Cuz you know, Crocop's a kickboxer, so he doesn't want to be on the ground. But for Hoist, it was like, how did they do it? They did where there are rounds, but they're like 30 minute rounds. Yeah. And it's unlimited rounds until someone gives up or is submitted. Yeah. I so, yeah, know. I think it was, I think it was Hoist Gracie against Vegeta. It just took forever. I guess Vegeta. I wish. I swear Fugita to God. Vegeta with an F. I was going to say, did he like go and be like, I think it's time to send you to the garbage with the rest of the trash. <laughs> Did he say that? Or he's like, oh, I see someone has conveniently removed the moon. Well, no matter, we have our ways. Like, if you said that, I'd be like, okay, good. I'm watching all of this now. 
know, I still love the idea that he tells Goku, <laughs> like, your father was a brilliant scientist, which, by the way, is not what he says in the Japanese version. <laughs> and he created a way to have moon energy. And if you're Goku, you've got to be sitting there like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, God damn it, father, I never met. My favorite part of that for the first like saga, like the Saiyan saga of Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. One, it's hilarious to watch Chaozu just fucking sacrifice himself for no fucking reason. Right. That's funny. The second thing is like this is the first time we get to see Yamcha just get his ass whooped, which was which awesome. would become a recurring theme. Right. Which was yeah, also funny. But my favorite part is when fucking Yajirobe of all fucking people. <laughs> I don't even want to be here. And he like fucking runs and just takes the sword and cuts Vegeta's tail off. So the only reason why the Saiyans lose Earth is because Yajirobe of all fucking people saved the fucking planet. That that alone makes me smile. I love that. Oh, dude, my favorite Yajirobe moment has got to be Bulma's like razzing him about something. And finally he looks at her all calm. I don't know how to fly, Bulma. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, like she wanted to go watch watch them fight or whatever, and she's like, "Yo, take me over. What's the problem? Why can't you like? I don't know how to fly." <laughs> That's so oh, awesome. You saw, I assume, Resident Evil One with Mia Jovovich. Yeah, a long time ago, but yeah, I did watch it. Still, my times. absolute favorite moment: the dudes at the door with the axis panel. They're all being attacked by zombies, and he's just chilling there at the door. Someone comes over, like, "You waited? I don't know the code." <laughs> that's good that's fun i need to watch that movie again i bought it on blu-ray not too long ago it holds up like i know if you're a super diehard resident evil fan it strayed too much from the games and all that i love those movies yeah see i i don't really give a fuck about the lore like the resident evil games like i played them i played one two and i played one and two after that right. i stopped giving a shit <laughs> which my kids hate because my kids like my youngest thinks Resident Evil 4 is like the be all end all. And also Resident Evil, like the la- the latest one they did. He likes that one too. Oh, Raccoon City? No, this one's like not the movie, but the game. Oh, okay. So it's like something about like rednecks or something. And I'm like, that's not right. Like that that they're fucking zombies, but but he went you back. You need and... to go up to him and say, I'll show you redneck zombies if you want to see redneck <laughs> zombies. He did say redneck zombies. He was with us. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and after we went back, we went upstairs. After we went back upstairs to the room, he's like, That movie was fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm like, Be nice. That movie it had in there is historical. Like, there's interesting things about the production of that movie that makes it relevant. And I try to explain, he's like, oh, look, Mike, it was dumb. <laughs> like, no, clearly, my, clearly, son, you don't understand why I do what I do. <laughs> like, this is art, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, but it was still better than Terrifier. <laughs> I felt so bad. There was a, a guy, a really nice dude um, on social media, and he had sent me, a, he's like, hey, I've got these posters for Terrifier 3. Like, do you want one? And I told him, I was like, I I, I fell back because he's trying to be nice and give me a gift. I'm like, bro, like, I'm, I don't like those movies. Like, I go, it'd be better off. I would feel bad if you gave that to me. 
Like, give it to someone who really likes Terrifier. Like, I right. I, I don't like those movies at all. And he was just like, oh, okay. It was like he was a little shocked, but I'm like, I, I've made it public that I don't like those movies. I forgot what it was. It was an autograph of somebody that I somehow came in possession of. And then, of course, someone, oh, I'm a big fan of Beyonce. Let's say it was Beyonce. It wasn't, but let's say it was just for the sake of this story. <laughs> and I go, oh, well, boy, do I have something for you. And the next day I give it to them like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. Why would you give this to me? Like, because I don't give a shit and you're going to enjoy it. Right. <laughs> And I'm a big believer in if you've got something you don't like that you're just holding on to that someone else would enjoy, fucking get it to them. Yeah, I sell agree. it or otherwise. Yeah, like I, I try to do that. If I get sometimes the fans will give me stuff and and I'll and that's not like not actually. No, I don't think fans have given me anything, but I get stuff from fans. But like this was something somebody gave to me for something or rather, and I even explained to them. I'm like ah. I'm like, I don't, I'm like, I appreciate it, but I don't know what you want me to do with it. Right. You know, like it was like a second copy of like a fucking video game or something. And I was like, well, I have, or a third copy, because sometimes I keep like extra copies of the games. And, and it was the original Zelda. Okay. Uh, like the old NES and the gold cartridge. Like, and so I had, to, I have two and I have one in the box and stuff. So they gave, they gave me that. I'm like, why well, don't we only like this? I'm like, well, here I'll give it to somebody else. So I ended up giving it to someone else because it's I like, still why need to beat that game? Yeah, that game's a pain in the ass. I just, I just go straight to, uh, I just go straight to the one for the Super Nintendo because it's easier. <laughs> oh, what was it? I just had with that. Oh yeah, I won a gift card, and they didn't tell you that the <laughs> gift card was for something specific. Okay, so like. <laughs> I'm thinking, great, a free 50 bucks to Starbucks. I hate Starbucks. <laughs> so I just walked what, up to... Well, you got a fucking problem with Battlestar Galactica? What the fuck is your problem? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just walk up to some person on the street like, hey, do you like Starbucks? Yeah, here you go. It's 50 bucks. <laughs> you made did. their fucking day, dude. Oh, I bet. <laughs> fucking 50. That's, that's like two drinks. Good. Right? <laughs> Dude, my kid, like my like youngest, like Starbucks, and and as soon as he's like, oh, I love Starbucks, I'm like, oh, fuck me, because it's like seven dollars for one of the like large fraps, you know. And Would so you... we, anytime we go as a family, it costs us almost like thirty five dollars just to get four fraps. Would you like to hear one of the most unluckiest business people ever? Mm. So his name is Tom Platts, and he's known in the bodybuilding world as the Quad Father. Because if you ever pull this guy (laughs) up, he's got the biggest legs you've ever seen in your life. Even bigger than Gary Strider? Yeah. Wow. Jesus. So, he won, not won, but he made like $40,000 his first year in California. And the people at Gold's Gym say, hey, we'd like you to be a partner with us. If you invest however much it was, we'll make you a 50% partner in Gold's Gym. Yeah. He goes, man, fuck that. I'm going to buy a car. That's dumb. Well, years later, this guy comes to him and says, hey, man, I've got this business plan. I'm really passionate about it. I want to start making coffee. Like, I just want to open a coffee shop. I just need some capital to start. Any chance you'd be an investor and you'd be one of the founders. 
He says, it's fucking coffee. I don't know. I, I don't want to do that. Starbucks. Oh, my God. <laughs> Same guy. Same guy. What a dumbass. So I was just joking. Like, if I was him, if someone comes up to me and says, I have an investment opportunity, you don't even listen. You just, yes, whatever the fuck it is. Yes. <laughs> That's insane. Do you know how much money that guy would have now? Oh, someone did the math and said he would have been a billionaire. Oh, my God. God, I wish someone would fucking, like, do that. Like, I would be like, yes, I'll fucking. It's like when I was a kid, like, I should have bought fucking stock in Apple. Right. You know what I mean? Like, now I'd be like, oh, wow, okay. Well. Don't worry about anything ever. I am currently a half stock owner of TKO. No, half a stock. Half a stock. How much does that set you back? $500? 50. Oh, only 50? That's not bad. That's yeah, bad. like, I was just, all of a sudden, Robin Hood sent me a message like, hey, here's your bank statement. You've done nothing for three years. <laughs> like, eh, it's 50 bucks. Uh, eh, TKO's a new thing. They're probably going to do all right. Down 38 cents. Yet that looks right. <laughs> I, I, I did some investments in Robin Hood, and I, like... I haven't looked at it in like five years. I wonder what happened. <laughs> I know, I know one of the things I did fucking failed horribly, but it was a penny stock. So fuck it. Like it's not a big deal. I also, what is it? I just took a class as they called it, which is code for I read quickly. So it took me three minutes <laughs> and I made a dollar worth of Bitcoin. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, really? Nice. Nice. Invest that into Bitcoin. Right. <laughs> I wish I would have been one of those dudes when, like, I was a kid, when I was a teenager with my computer, just trying to mine that shit. Like, I would that would have been amazing. I would have been so fucking wealthy. Although I do love the stories of people who spent like hundreds of millions of dollars on NFTs, and now they can't give that shit away. That's a stupid idea, anyway. Well, because it turns out it's a fucking gif. That's it. And if and if it leaks online, everyone owns it. Right. It's like, not yours. Like, you can't do anything with it. Like, I'm going to blow everyone's mind when they do the whole, I have the original. Cool. I didn't give a shit what version of Hunchback of Notre Dame I had, as long as it fucking played and I got to see Frodo sing with Esmeralda. <laughs> uh, it's like, you ever, did you watch Clerks 3? Yes. That fucking dumpster fire of a movie. Yep. I, I thought the same thing of like, well, of all the movies Kevin Smith made, that sure is one of them. Yeah, that was a shitty movie. Like, that was basically like, and that's the thing about Kevin Smith is a lot of his movies I really like. You know, like, a lot of the Viewsk Universe movies, except for I did not like this Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And I didn't like, um, I didn't like Clerks 3. But Clerks 3 was, it was a, basically a sad... It was just greatest hits. It was, That's well, it. It was a sad bastard movie. Yeah. I hate sad bastard movies. I want to see a sad bastard movie. I'll watch fucking Lifetime. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I watched this sad bastard movie, and I'm like, oh, you know, like, it's fine. It's funny. It's going to be pretty good. There's going to be some liners, a couple one-liners in there that were funny, you know? But at the end, it just turned out to be, like, Kevin Smith's love letter to himself. Because it was right after his heart attack, so he was doing his whole, oh, man, I'm mortal. Yeah, and I was just like, why don't you just stop with this shit and make something funny that people can like? 
because like so that movie wanna... Tusk is fucking terrible. So fun story about bad investments. I put five dollars on the Chargers, who are now down seven to fifty six in the fourth quarter. I keep telling you not to do that. Don't do that. Here's the amazing. <laughs> here's the amazing part. I actually am making a profit gambling just on Thursdays. I always bet the under because I'm like, I'll have a little of a bit of excitement while we do this. And yeah. each time, like, God damn, you weren't just under, you were destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Like, legitimately, this gets to the point of should there be a mercy rule? <laughs> I don't even know the laws about gambling right now in Indiana. For a while, their gambling here was illegal. Like, we just recently got casinos, like, in the past 10 years. Yeah, where they went through this weird, squirrely phase in Virginia, I think it was, where you could have casinos, but you couldn't have real, like, you you could have video poker, but you couldn't have poker. Yeah. Weird. And, like... So it, your entire problem is you don't want a person to hand them the card? Yeah. Dude, in, in the state of Indiana, in less, less than 10 years ago, we weren't even allowed to buy alcohol on Sunday. Oh, Jesus. That would they, not work for me, brother. They just <laughs> recently changed it. So now we can buy alcohol on Sunday, but not until after 1 o'clock in the afternoon. You know what's hilarious about that? That was the rule when I was stationed at Camp Lejeune. So every day on Sunday, you'd see all the Marines just lined up at the liquor store at like <laughs> noon. When I lived in England. We just went off base to get the good shit. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like we would just go like because the absinthe, the absinthe you can buy in America kind of sucks. The absinthe you can buy in, in Europe is way better. Oh, it's so like that's the kind of shit you drink at an AEW show. <laughs> oh, it's like Guinness, American Guinness versus Irish Guinness. Not even close to the same thing, dude. How they're allowed to call it the same thing is beyond me. They have a, they had a really good, cool Irish pub in in uh, London, and they had it was a Guinness bar basically, and they had Guinness on draft, and they would make the foam out like a four leaf clover when they would. Get oh, it to nice! You. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I think the coolest thing I saw was in Ramstein. Some guy, he pours a Guinness, then he balances a quarter on the foam. Like, that's how strong the foam was. Wow, holy shit. Now, the person who was watching this, I saw and just went, oh man, that's really cool. And I grabbed the quarter. Person next to me like, oh man, that's really cool. Wonder how long it'll stay up there. Not realizing once it doesn't stay up there, you've got a quarter in your Guinness, buddy. <laughs> Guinness is so dark you won't be able to find it until it's in your mouth. Right. <laughs> and that is exactly what happened. Gross. Like they... I love have you seen the they sell them in like you know like grocery stores where they have like the random stuff in the aisle, like hanging by that rope of like nonsense. I think so, yeah. So they have long ice cube trays where like the idea is you make a really long ice cube you can pour it in your drink which sounds like a great idea until you take four inches of ice down the throat <laughs> that's what she said <laughs> no yeah that doesn't sound pleasant i mean 
wouldn't know. I just looked at the picture and went, that's a bad idea just waiting. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) Can you imagine you're choking to death and here's hoping it melts in time? (laughs) Please, please melt. (laughs) Oh. Like start doing jumping jacks. Need to get hotter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Stupid shit I think of. I'm sorry. No, it's good. It's all good. Well, we talked about wrestling. We talked about gambling. We talked (laughs) about movies, as always. We talked about video games. I think that we've talked about everything that we're going to talk about tonight, unless you have anything else wrestling-oriented. I think there's one left thing, one less... Wow, I'm going to try that whole thing again. You've been talking about Guinness. Yep, there is one last thing that you have to talk about. Oh, yeah, that's right. All right. Fucking look at you, man, keeping me on fucking task. Watch Fantastico Disaster Peace Theater on Troma Now, the app that you can get for $5 a month with your first month for free. You can get all these cool movies and you can get my show right on there. A new episode every month while the season's going. I think we've got three more episodes that are going to air. And you've season. got Bloodhook in January, yes? Yes, Bloodhook uh, with my, with, then that's, I'm telling you, January, and we're going to do it on January 1st, because I asked people, like, hey, it's New Year's Day, does anybody want, do you want me to just do it on New Year's Day? Because it's the first day it comes out on Troma now. And let's and people, be honest, you're all off on that day. You have yeah. nothing better to do. Yeah, so on New Year's Day, we're going to do the watch along for, and the tweet along, or whatever the fuck, the X along, or whatever it's called now. <laughs> for X along. X along. For uh, for episode six of Fantastic Disaster Beast Theater's second season on Troma Now, this is a fun episode. It's one, of them, and I always say this like, oh, this is a great episode. This episode was a lot, a lot of fun for me to do. Uh, I got to do a lot of really cool shit, and not only that, but I have special guest uh, Brendan Patrizio from the Asylum. He's a really great filmmaker, and Lloyd Who also has a really good movie, Megalodon. The Frenzy, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and he has a couple other good movies, too. Uh, Monster Hunters and uh, uh, Devil's Triangle, which which are both really fun. Like, if you like the Asylum movies, like, they're really solid for that for that style of movie. And uh, so check those out. And, um, but yeah, we have Lloyd Kaufman on the show, too, kind of. So Lloyd Kaufman is a, he... He's a voice on the show for most of the show. <laughs> so it, it's, it's a really fun, wacky-ass episode, and I love doing it. And I I hope that everybody really digs this episode. Because in the movie, like, it's Bloodhook. That movie's fucking great. Like, that movie is just, it's a fun movie. It's probably one of the my favorite ones I've done this season. It suffers from its poster, but it makes up for it in its film. Totally. The poster does not do it justice. Like, the poster's fun. It's like a little... Poster makes it look like it's meat, like a slasher's version of meatballs. I still think the description we gave earlier were like if you just put National Lampoon right over it, it looks at home. That's exactly yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. But like the movie is actually was called Musky Musky Madness or something like that before they changed it to Bloodhook. So it's the only slasher I've ever heard of that takes place at a fishing competition. In in Wisconsin, I think, or it might be Minnesota, but I think it's Wisconsin. So it's close it's, enough. <laughs> yeah, it's really you know, people from Wisconsin, Minnesota, are like fuck you guys. 
<laughs> no, so it's one of the, I, I think it's Wisconsin, and uh, it's directed by, uh, God, um, someone who's involved with Mystery Science Theater. I think it was one of the, the producers or something from Mystery Science Theater. I can't remember. But also the guy who did the, I think it was Jim Kevin, Mallon. Jim Mallon and Kevin Murphy, I think. Is uh is one of the like worked on the movie too, and he's the voice of one of the robots. So yes, I almost kind of like it would have made more sense for me to have Jonah on that episode, but this was the Brendan was really excited about doing blood hooks, so that's what we did. So you know, I never noticed that the hook on the poster has the girl's bikini bottom. Yeah. Like, I always thought she was just running from the hook. I never it, noticed that. It has nothing to do. Like, that poster has nothing. There's a hook and a boat, and there's, like, a girl. There's you know several... what it kind of looks like? It kind of looks like that sunscreen that had the little girl with her, like, <laughs> pants being pulled by the dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't let the poster after that movie fool you, because it's a fucking... It's a re... It's... The setting is really weird, but... The movie is, it's a great slasher flick. So that's going to be fun. So get Troman out um, and you can watch all the episodes until then. And I, I thought about, because there's something I've been toying around with and I might do it next weekend and I haven't decided. Um, So a couple of years ago, I did a, my first Christ Kwanzaa special, second, second Christ Kwanzaa special on YouTube where uh, I hosted a cool movie called Silent Night, Bloody Night. And uh, Diana Prince is a guest on the show, and she she's projector, projector guy or projector gal <laughs> on the episode. So I'm thinking maybe, because a lot of, like, I had a few people watch along when I did it a couple of years ago, but I'm thinking maybe next, next weekend I might do a watch along for that old episode, and it's on YouTube. So and the I'm I'm gonna tell you right now the quality sucks. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't look nearly because it was all me doing it by myself. So it doesn't look nearly, not even fucking the smidgen close to what we do now. Like our production values now are awesome, but back then like it was just me with my DSLR cameras. So I have to deal with that shit. <laughs> but but I, it was fun. It was good. So I'm I'm my I might host that. I'll I'll make more announcements about that later. If that's what I decide to do. But also. And the last thing, man, uh, before I go, the 22nd, the Iron Claw comes out in theaters. I'm excited for that one. I really so, am. I'm going to go because usually they do like a matinee on the 21st for it the night before. Like they do like an early release thing for it. So I think I'm going to go on the 21st to go see it. And I talked my my youngest into going with me. And I made him watch the Von Eric Dark Side of the Ring today. Okay. So now Is he, he interested can... now? He's like, okay. And my oldest is like, oh, God, no. <laughs> He's like, wrestling. I don't want to. Where did I go wrong? <laughs> Both of my, like, one of my kids, he'll, 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 he'll indulge me and he'll watch wrestling. Like, he, he really liked Finn Balor when Finn Balor would do the Demon King. Mm -hmm. Like, he was all about that. He thought that was cool. And Bray Wyatt was cool. Like, he thought Bray was cool too as the, as the fiend. Thought that was interesting. Um, the theatrics of it he likes but in the pageantry but he doesn't like like the wrestling he's like eh because he's he's he has that whole thing where it's like it's fake i'm like it's not fake it's predetermined you little bastard 
Well, also, like, I always put this out there. So was the Avengers. Made a billion dollars. Yeah. Anything you watch on TV or in theaters is fake. So is most reality television. And some of the, and some MMA. Yeah. I mean, there's, honestly. eh. Like, we just had Colby Covington challenging LeBron James to a fight. Spoiler, not going to happen. Just not going to happen. Or Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. You know, I feel like I feel like Musk is at least crazy enough to do it. Probably. Like the man did just say go fuck yourself to Bob Iker. Yeah. Wow. Which that was hilarious. (laughs) Everyone hates Elon because he ruined their precious streaming or their precious social media. Well, he has a point, like, you're trying to bribe me? Like, yeah, you're bribing the richest man in America. What are you doing? Oh, boy. Like he was the richest man in America before he overpaid for Twitter. Dude, he only bought Twitter because he got pissed off at Twitter. Right? That's the only reason why he even bought it, because he got pissed off at people being shitheads on Twitter. Like, I am still 100% convinced. Do you know why President Trump ran for president? Because they sat him in the middle of the room and President Obama made fun of him. And you can almost see in his face where he goes, I'm going to take your fucking job. Yeah. And he sure did. Like I'm a job a... he probably didn't even want until that moment. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm no Trumper by any means. I'm no, I'm no Biden guy either, but like. It was when Trump got elected, the first thing that popped in my head is our fucking national anthem is going to change to. <laughs> and like people are just going to be doing weird shit and there's going to be like yeah i go it's it's going to be the first thing i was like this is going to be interesting to see how fucked up this becomes and it's going to be a goddamn me- a media scrutiny of dumb ass shit dude there were people in my college i was in my master's program my, my animation master's and he got elected and i went to school the next day and people the students the, the these millennial Kids were fucking crying, like tears, sitting down crying. Trump's our president. We're all going to die. I'm like, you guys are fucking college students. You guys should realize by now that the president has absolutely no fucking power to do anything. Like, if you want to cry, cry about fucking the Senate. (laughs) Cry about Congress. Like, do that. All right. You you see that guy over there called the mayor? That's the guy who actually affects you. Yeah, right? Like, local politics. Like, you want to worry about something, worry about local politics, because that's the shit that's going to, you know, or your state politics, but stay the fuck out of, like, federal, national politics, because, one, none of those motherfuckers even care about you. I don't care what side you're on. Right. Dude, South Park, fucking perfect. It's always between a douche and a turd sandwich, and it always is. And I always love the idea that, it always blew my mind that federal law wasn't something where no matter where you go in the state, you can find it. Like, let's say, I don't know, let's say Windex is legal in all states except for Montana. Like, that just makes no sense to me. Whereas in Maryland, it makes sense that we have a law for how many blue crabs you can fish out of the Chesapeake Bay. <laughs> Texas doesn't need to concern themselves with how many blue crabs are che- are fished out of the Chesapeake Bay. And if they do, I will happily look over at Texas and say, what the fuck, asshole? 
Uh, God, I'm not even a weed guy, but weed should be legal on a federal level. There's no reason why it shouldn't be. Oh, Fucking... it's apparently like way better than alcohol is, and woo. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna be able to federally like control shit if you just do that, and it's not, and you're and your prisons aren't gonna be as full. So you're Plus, gonna save just... taxpayers money. You're actually gonna gain money for the for the federal because people are gonna be paying taxes because they want weed. And just throwing this out there, weed people might march, but they're not gonna do much else. Because <laughs> they're all like, hey man, like you shouldn't do that, man. They're gonna get distracted. Like, right. Like, <laughs> well, I'm gonna. All right. <laughs> yeah. Keep them high. They don't, they aren't gonna be able to do anything about it. Like that's uh... what they should do in prison. It's like in the uh in the like air conditioning in or the ventilation dust, system, whatever, yeah. Just like drop a few hits of THC in there. Dude, just everyone like, will be chills, fuck. Right, like there we go. I'll bet this cuts down on the stabbings. Like, ah, everybody's gonna be super rad now. That see yeah, that, that <laughs> I, that's the perfect thing. I always before we go, like I want to illustrate that, like, so in the in the state of Indiana, they've made smoking in public places illegal, like smoking cigarettes. Like, just there's not like a smokers must be this far from the door. It's just you can't do it. You can put you can. There's some parts places where you can be outside, but most places will will make you stay a certain amount away from the door. But like inside buildings and shit, you are not allowed to smoke inside buildings anymore at all. And yeah, that is actually exactly why I never took up smoking because it's cold six months out of the year. Right. And I'm just not going outside for that. Dude, when I was in high school, my fucking friends were smokers because they thought they were cool. And I was always in the backseat of the car. I always had to sit in the backseat of the fucking car because they needed the windows. My friend had a two-door car and they needed the windows to fucking flip their ashes out you know and so i had to sit back and i was fucking freezing in the back seat of the cars because i didn't smoke cigarettes it almost made me want to start smoking just so i could be near the heater but like but yeah that's it always pissed me off that was one thing that always pissed me off fuck smokers because you make me cold <laughs> and and i don't like cold i fucking hate being cold there's one thing in this world that i hate more than anything else it's being cold logan paul and then being cold like I, I am a tropical people, and I do not like fucking cold weather. Yeah. So I, I stopped at the hooker looker store, and I like go in, and I'm wearing just a t-shirt and jeans, <laughs> and the guy looks at me. It was so funny. Just, damn man, I don't know how you can wear that when it's this cold outside, and you could see, I lit off dynamite inside of his ears. His mind blew up, and I just went. <laughs> Well, dude, I just have the heat on in the car, and it's like a 10-step walk to the door. <laughs> and you can see him like, oh, that makes way more sense. <laughs> Maybe he was on some wacky weed. Entirely possible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's it for me uh, and for my amazing co-host. Jason the Turtleneck Hilton. I am Gringo Fantastico, and this has been... Headlines, headlocks, and hijinks. Everybody take it easy. Don't hurt each other. And uh, really, just, just don't hurt. Like, I see so much stupid shit in the world. People beating the hell out of each other for no reason. If you're going to beat the hell out of each other, do it for money. <laughs>
that's all for me for tonight, everybody. That's all for us. Take care. Have a good night.